Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Mamuna Rashi says, Hu Hasgan. Second in command, he is in charge and he gives the command, go out and see if the time has come for Shrita. Imigiaz Mana Shrita. Imigiaz Mana Shrita. Imigia Aro Omer Barkai. So you have somebody going out to look. Rashi says, Alachoma or Alagav on the wall or on the roof to get a sense of whether Elosa Shachar has begun or not. And if it has, so then it's the time that Shrita can begin for the carbon Tamid Shal Shachar and the one on the lookout says, yes, Barakai. Rashi says, Loshan Tsohar, Kmo Leman Hiyos La Barak, Eiru Barakim. So that's uh, a light, like lightning, a shine. There is an indication that the light is coming. So that is the the sign they're looking for. That the light is coming, and they can get started. Masi ben Shmuel Omer, hey pnei kol hamizrach at shbechevam. Masi ben Shmuel says that the the Gemara is going to get into exactly how it is, how it plays out. This back and forth, but the phrase is that the entire eastern sky until Hebron is illuminated. And somebody responds, either the one on the roof or the one on the ground responds, yes. Why do they need to have this elaborate system to determine if it's actually the beginning of the day? Once it happened that what ascended was actually the light coming from the moon. Vidimo Mizrach. And they thought that it was actually the beginning of dawn. And based on this mistake, they slaughtered the Karban Tamid, the daily uh, Tamid offering in the morning. And it was brought out to be burnt up, not as an offering, but as a mistake. So since then, they instituted a protocol to ensure that it really was morning, not a false alarm. They bring the Kohen Gadol down to the mikvah, to Bitovel, what the connection is exactly the Gemara is going to address. The far Shlavik Gemara, she says, Zekla, Hayab Miktosh, Kolam Esich, 
Esraglov Tontvila, the rule in the temple was anyone who needs to be Mesich Esraglov. Rashi explains, Nikovim Gedolim, to defecate. So then they need to have a Tevila, an immersion, ritual immersion before doing Avoda. And one who urinates, that requires a sanctification of the hands and feet, Rashi says, from the laver, a lesser level of requirement to be muhan, to be prepared for avoda, for the service in the temple. And a couple of Rashi's we want to catch up on. Ad Shehu Bechevram until that the light is lit up in the sky until Hevron. Ad Shenir Ad Hevron. Do you see the sky illuminated until Hevron? Vehu Omer Lehen Hain. Gemara is going to explain this back and forth. Why was it necessary to send someone up to the roof to check? about whether dawn has come or not. Allah ma'or lavana. Tzemach ta'ar ha'lavana. Samach What seemed to be coming forth at that particular instance when they made a mistake was actually the form of the moon coming up near the time of shachris, of sunrise, or alos, Vedimo v'chashivo, and they thought that it was the sun. Once they realized their mistake, that they were actually too early, and it was actually slaughtered at night, the carbon tomid, so they had to take it out to Besasreifa to be burnt up, not as an offering, but as a mistake. Let's see the Gemara. Chafesim and Beis. Tanya. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Barak Barakai. Rabbi Shmuel says that what is declared is Barak Barakai. Rashi explains, Heir Yoser Mibarak. Allah Barakai. Oh, sorry, that's the next piece. There's no Rashi on the first statement of Barak Barakai, but it means that there's some light coming out. Illuminating? That's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva says more. Allah Barakai, Hei Yosem Barak. Me Barak Barakai. So Rabbi Kiva says there needs to be more light than what Rabbi Shmuel says. Nechuma ben Afkishion, Omer, Af Barakai Bechevra. He said even more that there's even light illuminating in Hebron. Masya ben Shmuel. Hamamuna ala payasos omer. Masya, the son of Shmuel, who is in charge of the lottery, who does what avoda. He said, Heir pnei kolam izrach ad That what is being said is that there's light illuminating the entire eastern sky until Hebron. Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira Omer Eheir Pnei Kolam Mizrach Ad Bechevron 
He says the most. Rabbi Rabbi Maseira says the entire eastern sky is lit up until Hebron, and the people have gone out for their work. The Gemara asks, If so, then it's too bright. This is too too far along in the day. Let's modify the intention of Rebuta Bimisera is not that really everybody has gone out to their work, but those going out to hire, they get up early to get workers. So they have gone out to find workers and they tend to get up a little bit earlier. But not that everybody is out going to work. Amara of Safra. Saluse Davram. Rav Safra said, The prayer of Avram, when is that? From the time that there is a darkening of the walls. Let's catch up on Rashi Liskarpolim, the statement of Rabbi Ruben Maseiro. This determination of how bright the sky needs to be. It's not talking about each person who's going to work. It's talking about people going to hire workers. He gets up early before Polim to find workers to hire. Not really sure why they have to get up earlier. Maybe the poem have a shorter morning uh, ritual. I'm not quite sure why. You know, if, if, if they're going to get up at a significantly different time, so if the poem haven't gotten up yet to go to find work, so what's it going to help them, right? Obviously, there needs to be some some uh, overlap because if, if the ones hiring are too early, then what do they achieve by getting up too early? It could be that the ones who are looking for work just roll out of bed. I'm not sure. I don't know why those who are in the position to hire need to get up early to find workers. But it could be that they they have more work involved. Maybe they're different, different depots, different bus stops. Who knows what it is that they have to go and search for people to work. So maybe they have to get up a bit earlier. Not quite sure. But clearly there can't be too much of a gap between them, because if the poem are going out to work later, in a, in a serious way, then there's no reason for the balabais or balabatim to, who are hiring to go out earlier. They, they need to have workers to hire. Now, koponim it's an earlier time for the balabais, marginally, and that's the time. Uh, Rebuta ben Maseira says that level of light. Next Rashi, it's Alusay Davram, the prayer of Abram, Tfilas Ha'erev Shalom, his afternoon prayer. When did Avram Avinu do his afternoon prayer? From when the wall darkened. Rashi explains, Mechimashri Kosli, Chomos Haponos Lamizrach, walls facing toward the east, Shalbino Me'anetachamo, that they looked white 
in Brighton from Neitzachamo, Abomin is Mizrach, from sunrise coming from the east, the Notzetzes Helen, and Betchilas Sheva shows that starts right from sunrise till the beginning of the seven hours into the day. Shachamo Be'emtsa Harakia, at that point, the sun is in the middle of the sky. The Rosh Koladam, at the head of each person. Ve'ena Osa Almud, and does not cast a shadow. Ela Tachte, Mashchirin, Oson Ksali. It's because the sun is at the top, so any shadow goes directly under the person or under the wall. So the, the shadow is just by the, the point at the edge of its thickness. And from that point, once the sun starts heading past the meridian, the shadow starts being cast and the, the wall is considered darkened slightly right after the point that it's at the highest point in the day, then the wall starts to darken. So it's considered brightening from the beginning of sunrise all the way until noon and just past the halachic noon is when the wall is considered to darken that is when Avram Avinu prayed Mincha Rav Yosef said shall we learn from Avram shall we establish and conclude the halacha based on what Avram Avinu did Rashi says, Bos lamdeno lios zrizin kavra. Rashi is learning that it is telling us what is the point of, t- of describing to us Avram Avinu's prayer, his afternoon prayer, the earliest time, telling us this idea to be zrizin, to perform mitzvot with alacrity. And Avram Avinu is the paragon of alacrity. So that's what we learn from Avram. Titania, as was taught in Abraisa, Ubayoma Shmini, Imo Bisar Ulaso, and on the eighth day, remove the foreskin. This teaches us that the entire day of the eighth day is kosher. It is the right time for the mitzvah of Mila, of circumcision. Elosh has reason like the mitzvahs. But those who are acting with alacrity to fulfill the obligation do it earlier. Shinamar, this is in accord with what is said in the Torah. Avram got up early. Different mitzvahs, exactly when he got up early for what? But he got up early to serve Hashem. So we see Zrizus. So Rav says, 
what was bothering Rav Yosef. When Rav Yosef said, Anon Mavram Nekum Enigmar, shall we learn from Avram Avinu, the actual halacha, what was bothering him was this Mishnah. On the years when Pesach comes out on Shabbos, so Erev Pesach, which is the time, the, the afternoon before, the time when the Shechita of the Korban Pesach needs to happen, so Friday afternoon is the time to do the Shechita of Pesach, at what time do they do the Shrita? At six and a half. Six and a half hours. And the bringing, the conclusion of the sacrificial component is done at seven and a half. And the question is, if they're in a hurry, which... That's the whole reason why Erev Pesach Shechalios B'Shabbos I'm sorry, Pesach Shechalios B'Shabbos So Erev Pesach is is pushed up because there's a big hurry They cannot afford to roast the Karim Pesach into Yom Tov because it's going to be Shabbos So they got to get everything done on Friday So everything is pushed up it seems as much as possible and yet we don't say bring the carbon or slaughter carbon, start the process of Shechita Sepesach from the time that the wall blackens, meaning at exactly just past noon, halachic noon. So that would seem to indicate that we don't paskin, that the Zman Amincha is like what Avraham Avinu did. It sounds like we wait an extra half hour. So this is the problem. This is what's bothering of Yosef. Umay Kushya. Bach as above. What's the problem? Dilma kosled besam mikdash b'sheishu mechsa mashri. Meshum dolo mechav nituvo. The Gemara answer is an interesting answer. Perhaps due to the shape of the walls in the besam mikdash, the point of mashri, of the blackening of the walls, is at six and a half. Six and a half halachic hours. Let's see Rashi. It's necessary to speed up the process of the Tomid Shal Ben Rabayim, the afternoon daily offering. As much as possible. Because the carbon Pesach has to be slaughtered after the carbon Tomid. And they need to be roasted while it is still day. Because it's going to be Shabbos. Can't roast on Shabbos. It must be roasted. And we say over there that it is established at the Halacha, at the Shurus Adin, Machi, into Tale Erev, as soon as it turns to the afternoon. Tani, The Mishnah says, that the, the earliest time is six and a half. The e mechi mashri kosli mikrabena abayim, and if we say 
that from the blackening of the walls is the beginning of the afternoon, why don't we shecht it from when there's blackening of the walls? That's the beginning of the seventh hour, a half hour earlier. So why are we waiting? The walls in the base of Mikdash were not even. They were not straight up at a full 90 degree angle as, as the wall went up from the ground. Because the structure of the wall in the base of Mikdash was actually wider at the bottom, and it would narrow as it ascended up from the ground, the Ola, as it goes up, because it's not a straight wall and it's narrowing in a small degree as the wall gets higher and higher, so it takes more time for the wall to actually develop a shadow because the top of the wall is narrower than the bottom of the wall. And if it would be perfectly straight, a straight 90 degree angle all the way up along the wall, then right away at noon, halachic noon, you would start seeing a shadow being cast. But because the wall was not straight, and it tapered as it moved up towards the top to become more narrow, so it took a half hour till the wall started blackening. So, what is the answer to the question? Meaning, how do we answer the question? Avram Avinu, his prayer was from the beginning of the afternoon. Okay, very good. And they're trying to hurry in the temple. And they start a half hour later to do the shechita when they're in a hurry. The shechita... To, to get the ball rolling for Karim Pesach from Sheshu Merza, six and a half. What, what is the reason that they're so concerned with the tapering of the wall? Why do you need to, why do you need it to turn black? So, set up, uh, have, have it set up in a way that you have something else to look at. Right? Get, get a sundial. I don't know. I mean, the, there are technologies available. You don't need atomic time. Right? Well, the only thing they could use is the wall that tapers. It's a bit of a plea that seems to put them at this disadvantage that the blackening of the wall is what it depends on. And if if your wall is not straight, so then you have to wait an extra half hour. It's a mod nazach. It's very strange. What exactly is the answer? Al-Kalpanim, the Gemara says another answer, Inami. Alternatively, Shani Avram. Avraham Avinu is different. He had great itztagninos. Rashi explains. He was an expert in astronomy and the moving of the constellations, beginning of the hours. 
God blessed Avram with everything. He had a great mastery over the movement of the celestial bodies. All of the kings from the east and of the west would get up early to his door to ask concerning Mazolus fortune. They wanted to learn about Mazolus, so they would ask Avram Avinu. To hear, Avram Avinu is a great astronomer, and that's a teretz. So either in the base of Mikdash, they had some hardware issues, for some reason they're using this wall that darkens late, or Avram Avinu has a special uh, training that puts him in a class above him and everybody else. He's an astronomer par excellence, and he knows exactly how to determine the meridian, and he's got the, the exact moment. He's there doing mincha right in the beginning of the afternoon, but other people don't know how to be as precise. Inami, another teretz, because Avram Avinu was an elder who sat in yeshiva. Zokin Yoshi Beshiva. Okay, it's a, a third teretz. How is this a teretz exactly? How does it help us that he's Zokin Yoshi Beshiva? I understand astronomer, but what does that have to do with him being Yoshi Beshiva? How does that give him an edge over everybody else? I'm sure they must have had people learning yeshiva in the base of Mikdash also, trying to figure out what time noon is. Okay, I don't know which yeshiva you went to, but let's see how the Rabbeinu Hananel explains it. Rabbeinu Hananel says, Inami mishum de'avos itztagninus gedola haisa belibom v'yodin l'chavna shos they were great astronomers, and they knew how to precisely measure the hours. Inami zikenim yoshim Alternatively, they were zikenim that sat in yeshiva. Kilomar shchino imohem. They had the shchino with them, so it was not a function of astronomy per se, which is a chachma. But they had another advantage by virtue of being Yoshev Yeshiva, they had the Shekhinah with them, so they knew from the Shekhinah another angle that they were able to determine due to the presence of the Shekhinah with them precisely at what point they could start Menachah. Yeah. Didn't the Beis Mekdash also have Shekhinah? Yes, there was Shekhinah in Beis Mekdash. In Beis Rishon, we learned. In Beis Rishon, they had Shekhinah. Yeah. Over here, it's clearly talking about Bayashani, though. This mistake they're talking about is Bayashani. That they instituted this new problem, this new procedure to avoid the problem of shechting too early. Clearly, did not have the Shechina with them. They, they made a big mistake. Shechted the carbon tummy too early. Al-Kopanim, the Tosas Yishon says, Vim Tomar. Ha Amrinon beperk tfilas hashachar, Yitzchak tikin tfilas mincha. Why are we focusing on the time when Avram prayed mincha? Didn't Yitzchak initiate mincha? Wasn't that his 
gig? What's going on over here? When Avram, Dav, and Mincha. You can do whatever you want. Who is Misakin? What it's called, Salusad Avram, the prayer of Avram. He has a question that the Gemara says in, in Brachas. Yitzchak tikin tefilas mincha. Yitzchak was done with Misakin. He made a takana. He was miyased. This is something that we do. Tefilas mincha. So why are we attributing it to Avram? And it's derived from Pasuk, based on the Pasuk that Yitzchak went out and he davened in the field. Yishlomar, the Tosas Yishonim gives an answer. But once Yitzchak was Mesakein, so Avram Avinu also joined the party and davened Mincha as well. Inami, alternatively, Om Rabbi, to Mekomokom, Hay Om Rabram Mitchilo, Ella Shelo Asa Klal Chobne Beso, Ad Shetikna Yitzchak. Really, Avram Avinu started Mincha, but he didn't make a big deal out of it to make it a requisite for the people of his household. He just did it privately. Dafilo Eruva Tavshilim Kian, Kremna Kamon. Stay tuned, the Gemara says Avram Avinu did everything. Don't think he skipped Mincha. He davened Mincha himself. Enachanami. Yitzchak was the one who made it a broad takana for the, the full household. But Avram Avinu had already initiated Mincha, not the terrace takana. Second terrace. So moving back to the Gemara. Working on the third answer, that he was Yoshev B'yeshiva. Zokin Yosheb Yeshiva Havo. And he had inside scoop due to the Shechina, as Rabbi Nochananel said, to know exactly when the earliest Mincha could be daven. Om Rabbi Chama Bar Chanino, Mimein Shavoseinu Lo Pirshe Yeshiva Mehem. From their days, our ancestors' days, they never separated from Yeshiva. They always had Yeshiva. Even in Egypt, they had yeshiva, learning Torah as a focus. That's what they're doing. Shnamar. How do we know that? Pasuk says, "Leich vasafta So Moshe is told to go and gather the elders who are Zikne Israel. They are clearly those Zeshikanachma who are Bnei Yeshiva. So even in Mitzrayim, they had Yoshve Yeshiva, Bnei Yeshiva. Hayuba Midbar, Yeshiva Imayan. In the desert, they also had Yeshiva, Shanamar. Also in the desert, they had Yeshiva. As Moshe is told, gather for me 70 elders. 70 men from the elders of Israel. Again, in Zeshikon HaChachma, it means Bnei Yeshiva. Avram Avinu Zokin V'yoshev Yeshiva Hayo. Avram, our patriarch, was an elder who sat in Yeshiva. Shnema, as was stated, V'avram Zokin Baba Yomim. He was an elder who had become old, who had many days, Zokin is Zeshkan Chachma, so he also was a Yeshiva man.
Yitzchak Avinu, Zokim Yoshev Yeshiva Haya. How do we know Yitzchak also? Shnema, Vahiki Zokan Yitzchak. By before the Brochus. Vahiki Zokain Yitzchak. Vatikeno Enov. So when Yitzchak became old and his eyes dimmed, but we see Yitzchak was a Zokain. He was Zeshikonachachma. He was a Ben Yeshiva. Yaakov Avinu Zokin Yoshev Yeshiva Haya. How do we know Yaakov as well was a Yeshiva man? Shenemar ve'ene Yisrael kavdom Yizokin. That the eyes of Israel grew heavy from Zokin, from age, but that he also was included among those Zeshkanachachma, the wise who are Yoshev Yeshiva. This is a Chiddush that we are talking about the Avos in Israel, and now we're including Eliezer Ebed Avram. Eliezer Ebed Avram also was Zokin, the Yoshev Bishivaya. Shenemar, Vayomer Avram El Abdo, the Zikan Beso, Amosha Bechalashelo. He was the, the manager of the household of Avram, and the Loshen Zikan Beso also. Is associated with Zeshe Kanachachma, he was a Yoshev Bishiva. Amar Rebbe Lazar, Hamoshe Botaras Rabba, that Eliezer Ebed Avram had achieved mastery in the teachings of his teacher, of his master, Avram Avinu, who domestic Eliezer. He is the one who is called domestic Eliezer. Not just that he is from Damascus, Am Rabbi Lazar, Shadolo Mashkim and Tarasa Shal Rabbo The idea of domestic is conveying this idea as well, that he would be Dolo Mashka. He would draw forth, fill the pail, as it were, from the Torah of his master and teach others. Omar Rav, Kim of Ramavino, Kol Hatarakula. Rav says, Avramavino fulfilled the entire Torah. Because Hashem, because Avram has listened to Hashem's voice, to my voice, it says, Avram Vino was in the kind called Tarakula. Amar the Rav. How do you know that it means? Entire Torah, the Amor Sheva Mitzvah, says, No, it's not Sheva Mitzvah, it doesn't only mean the seven laws given to Nenoach. Okay, you're right, there's also Mila, the Amor Sheva Mitzvah, so fine, maybe it's seven Mitzvahs plus Mila. How do you know Kalat Harakula? Amalayim Kain, Mitzvosai, Visarosai, Lomali. What's that Rikos in the Pasik? Mishmat mitzvosai says chukosai v'shorosai. Amar Rava the Gilion changes it. V'temar of Ashi came Ravam Avinu afilu eruve tavshilin. The pasuk is indicating that he fulfilled the entire Torah, and this is saying even more eruve tavshilin. It's a rabbinic enactment that if one wants to cook, going from Yom Tov, 
into Shabbos. So in order to permit the cooking for Shabbos, the process needs to be done already from Erev Yom Tov, Erev Tavshilin, a rabbinic enactment. So Varav Avinu fulfilled Erev Tavshilin, certainly included is Kol Tarakula. There's another girsa, Yesh Garsim, Erev Tchumen. Some have a different girsa, also a rabbinic decree of Erev Tchumen, that making Erev of Tchumen, of, of the the Daraisa restriction of how far a person can walk on Shabbos. The Erev Tchumen would, would extend that. Al-Koponim, we're dealing with the Dinder Abanon. Shneemar, Sorosai, Achas Tersh Bechsav, Achas Tersh Balpen. What is Tersh? Sorosai, my Tersh, plural, the written Tersh and the oral Tersh. There's another Girsa in Rishonim and Kisayad. Achas Divrei Tersh, Achas Divrei Sofrin. That not only did Avraham Avinu fulfill the biblical law, but even the future enactments of Divrei Sofrin, of the words of the scribes, rabbinic law. See Rashi. Dole Omashke, referring to Eliezer, Eved Avram, would draw forth and fill the pail, as it were, to give from the living waters of his teacher, Avram Avinu, Notricon shall Damasek. The notricon of the word Damasek, Damascus, is Dole Omashke. Sheva mitzvos, Shinstavu Lashar, Kol Bnei Noach. Maybe Avram Avinu only fulfilled the Torah that was commanded to all other sons of Noach. Aval Torah, Lo Nenelo. Maybe he did not fulfill the Torah. The Torah, in fact, was not given to him. Afilu Eruv Tavshilin. She'en Allah Lomash Mesina. Ela Tekana Sofrim. Avraham Avinu even fulfilled Erev Tavshilin, which is not Halach HaMosh Sinai. It is only a rabbinic enactment that would be made in the future. The Marsha asks the Kasha, Avraham Avinu Kola Tarakula, Yishladaktik, B'chol Nuschol Shilofneinu, Sofdarek Be'ez Diktushin, Ika Hachi, Mishnah Shlema, also Avraham, Kol Hatara Ashlodinna. If you take a look in the end of the second parak, sorry, the end of the fourth parak of Kedushin, Daf Pei Beis Amid Aleph. Not sure the Gersa says Sof Perak Beis, but the footnote says Daf Pei Beis Amid Aleph. The Mishnah says, V'cheinu Omer Bavram Avinu, Bavram Zaken, Hashem Be'erchas Avram Bakol. So this is an indication to us that Avraham Avinu fulfilled the entire Torah before it was given. So that is the end, at least in our text, of the Mishnah. So why doesn't our Gemara Quote the Mishnah. Wouldn't that be a nice raya? 
Masha answers, from the Mishnah Kedushin, you can't prove that he kept all of the Torah. All you can prove is that he did proactively all of the positive commandments. But not that he didn't violate any of the future negative commandments that would be given. Vainu Asim, the Asseis. The positive commandments. Avalishna de Rav, Kim Hatara, the wording of Rav, that he fulfilled the entire Torah, Mashmanami, Alav and The teaching of Rav is telling you even the Losase, even the prohibitions. So that's a better Raya than the Mishnah. That's Marshal's Teretz. Mikiv Eger on the Mishnah in Kedushin seems to be presenting a slightly different Mahalach. Presumably he's bothered by the same thing. And he says, to look in Yumo, by us, Ein Sof Kinim, take a look in the end of Kinim. It's also in the rush over there. And the idea is that the conclusion of the Mishnah actually incorporates a Braisa. And as I mentioned, the rush as well. So, it's a brisa, not a mishnah. So that can also help as an answer to Marshall's kasha. Why not bring a rai from a mishnah? That's obviously the, the most potent proof that could be brought. We don't really have a Mishnah. It looks like it's a Mishnah, but it's actually an attached Brisa that is coming in the coattails of the Mishnah, but not in of itself a Mishnah. Continuing in the Gemara. Masi ben Shmuel Omer Back to the Mishnah. So Masi ben Shmuel says that one would indicate that the sky is illuminated in the eastern sky until Hebron. And he would respond, yes. Who would say yes? If you would say it's the one who's standing on the roof, he's the one who dreams and interprets his dream. What does it help? How can he make both declarations? It's not a very good system if you're trying to create some kind of checks and balance to make sure that this error doesn't happen again. So what would be achieved if it's the same person? So rather, it must be the one who's on the ground. He's the one who confirms. Yoda. How would the guy on the ground know? The guy who's standing on the roof, he's got a better view of what's going on. So he's the one who should know. So what is going on over here in this back and forth? One possibility is that 
it's referring to the one who's on the ground. Or perhaps the one who says hey is the one who is standing on the roof. If you say that it's the one who is standing on the roof, so he starts off saying, The entire eastern sky has lit up. And the one standing on the ground says to him, All the way to Hebron. And the one on the roof responds, Yes. So that's one possibility. Iboy Seima, alternatively, that the one who says Hain is the one standing on the ground, not the one on the roof who gives a confirmation. And how does the back and forth play out? The one standing on the ground says, has the entire eastern sky brightened. And he says, until Hebron, so the person standing on the roof is verifying the question, how much of the eastern sky do you mean until Hebron? And the one on the ground says, yes, that is what I mean to be asking. And implicit is before things can get started, the one on the roof has to verify and also say yes. That's that's not explicit, according to this version. That's the, the next implied step. Let's see Rashi. You. Mafshir. Poser hello. To give the interpretation of the dream. Kilomar hushal. Umeshi. So the question. The person who's asking is the one who answers. The guy has a dream. He gives his own interpretation. Should go to somebody to interpret it. Omar Ihu, Zehu Shalagag. Who's speaking? The one who's on the roof. It's a question. Is the light filling the eastern sky until Hebron? Iboy Seimo, alternatively. Who says, Hain, the one who's on the ground? And he says, Yes. The one who's standing on the ground asks the one standing on the roof, has the entire eastern sky become illuminated? And the one standing on the roof answers him, that until Hebron it has illuminated. So the one who is on the roof asks for clarification on the question, do you mean so much that the brightness extends to Hebron? And the one on the ground says, yes, that is exactly what I'm asking. In order to recall the merit of the patriarchs, that is why we mention Hebron. Right? Hebron is where the patriarchs are buried. And in order to recall their merit, that is the oblique way to reference the Avos. Is the light gone to Hebron, where the Avos are buried? Rabbi Nachman gives a little more on this. Bama Ach Bechevron, Kedei Lahaskir Schus Avos Shehein Yishanim Bechevron. They're sleeping, as it were, in Hebron, buried there. 
ולמה הודשו כולו כך? פעם אחת. אולה מאור לבנה. At this time, when we're trying to ascertain the earliest time to begin the Avodah, L'chair of the Pshat is that, as we saw, the Avos had, for one reason or another, excellent ability to be medactic in the Sha'os, whether it's the gift of astronomical precision or not necessarily Chachma, but through Ruch HaKodesh, through Shechino Imoim, whatever the reason may be, recalling the merit of the Avos that had this gift as we try to do the Avodah, L'chero is, is a Muvan. It's understandable why at this point particularly, in order to avoid making the errors that had happened prior to, to this institution. So recalling the merit of the Avos, would make sense. Why is it necessary? And is it really a concern that there can be a switch? Astronomically, how could we have a problem with thinking that it's the moon instead of the sun? We have a brysa. It seems to indicate it's not an issue. The Aura provided by the sun is not similar to the illumination of the moon. The moon gives off light in a way that comes up like a staff, meaning it's, it does not illuminate in a broad way. But the sun illuminates in a way that spreads and diffuses more broadly than the light of the moon. So it shouldn't be an issue. They should be able to tell. Why, why did they make this mistake? It's taught in the house of Rabbi Shmuel that it was a cloudy day. When they made this error, there was a problem that it was cloudy. And the clouds caused the diffusion of the light of the moon, so that it actually appeared like the sun typically appears, without clouds. Omar of Papa Shmamino Yomo Deva Kule Shimsha. Derived from here, that a cloudy day is all sunny. That the, the rays of the sun are considered to spread due to the clouds. What's the relevance of this? Teaching of Rav Papa. This is a, a practical advice for those that are hanging out skins to dry. That if it's a cloudy day, Rashi says to dry, that they can consider the sun's rays coming to dry out the, the skins because the clouds diffuse further. Inami, like the Darsh Rava, Another idea of how this becomes relevant is like the teaching of Rava, Isha lo tolish lo bechama A woman should not, Rashi says, on Pesach, knead her dough, not in the sun and not in 
the reflection of the sun's light. Amar of Nachman. Uh, so Rashi explains, that's the the teaching of Rav Nachman, the next part. So the teaching of Rova, what's an afkamina of a cloudy day when the sun is out? The woman has to be careful not to knead the bread or the matzah that she's trying to make. Not only not in the light of the sun, but when it's cloudy, also to be concerned that the rays are spread and will be potentially causing a faster chimutz, a leavening of the dough. So that must be avoided not to go even b'chamechama. Amar of Nachman, Zuama de Shimsha, Kashi Mishimsha. So Rav Chama taught in the name of Rav Nachman that Zuama is the, there's another Girs over here, there's a hero, de Shimsha, Kashi Mishimsha. The rays of the sun are harder than the sun. For what purpose? Rashi says, Oso Chom Shal the heat of a cloudy day. Is harder than the direct exposure from the sun. The simonech dana and a way to recall this idea is from a jug of vinegar. Shavriri d'shimsha kasho mishimsha. So let's see Rashi. What's the idea that we're deriving from a jug of vinegar? Shapia sasum yafe. It's well sealed. Shalo yetsurecho. This smell of the vinegar is corked up in this bottle and it is weakened but if there's a small hole pierced into this jug so immediately there will be a strong smell of vinegar very strong smell similarly the cloudy day because the sun is covered up. So the heat is held. So it sounds like some type of convection. And there will be actually increase in heat or some elements of the sun through the clouds. That is be in in a certain way more potent than a direct exposure from the sun. Shavire de Shimsha. Kasha Mishimsha. Rash explains. Sanvirim. Dagaminim Shavire. Shemesh no Kevas Bakoach. Derch Nekev Haavim. Ktanim. So there's small holes that the rays of the sun can come through between the clouds. Looking at the rays of sun that are concentrated going through a hole through the clouds is more powerful and potentially damaging to the eyes than even looking at the sun directly, which of course is damaging to the eyes. Visimonech Dilfa. And a way to recall this idea is from a drip that splatters on a person. It disorients. It's like a, a, a hit 
that is harder than if the entire body is submerged in water. So this, this uh, splattering of water just on part of the body can be stunning more than the entire body immersed in water. Top of Chaf Tesman Aleph. Rashi explains, Tavis Noshim Koshim so the thoughts of sin are more difficult for the body, more than the act itself. And a way to recall this, the smell of the roasting of meat, Rashi explains, the smell of roasting meat arouses in a person a desire to eat the meat, and that is hard for a person because he's now feeling very hungry for meat. Shili dekaito kaito. The end of the summer is more difficult than the peak of the summer. This simanech. Rashi says, Elul. The end of the summer. Elul time. Shusofakaitz. The end of the summer. Kasha mikaito. It's harder than the summer. Kasha chomo. The heat of it. Mechomakaitz. Shaltamos. It's more hot than the heat of Tammuz, which is earlier. The fi shikvar nishamim kol avi. All the air is already heated up. The guf abrius bechomakayitz shavarlov tamid. The fi shikvar nishamim kol avir, because all of the air has heated. The guf abrius bechom, and people are warmed bekayitz due to the summer. Shavarlov. So now, if there's a little heat wave, after everything is already hot, so that can push a person and, and become damaged from that, even though there's actually less intense heat than the peak in Tamos. And a way to recall this idea is from a lit oven. Tanura shehusak biyom pamim. It's been used a few times, this oven. It's already been ignited. Chamu, it's already hot. It does not take a lot of wood, firewood, to get the oven heated because it already was used a few times. Rashi explains, Fever of the winter. That heats up and makes a person who's sick have profuse sweating. It is known that that fever is more challenging and difficult for the person than having a fever in the days of the summer. And a way to recall this is a cold oven. In contrast to the previous oven that was used a few times, just needs a little bit of wood to get it going. So a cold oven needs a lot of wood to get it started. Avzeh, so to this person, Sha'avir tzonin, it's in the winter, it's cold. Veguf tzonin, the body is cold. Vacholi maviru, and the sickness is burning within him. Yadua shucholi kashin. It's causing him a fever. In the winter, it's clearly a strong illness that he is battling. Migmar. 
kasha mechadato. Rashi, mi shaloma b'sich daito v'shochach, somebody who learned and then departed from learning Torah and he forgot, kasha l'asa, it's harder for him to come back v'lilmod masha shochach to relearn that which he has forgotten, yosim masha l'lomad, more than that of a person who never learned at all. V'simonech, tina bar tina. And a way to recall this idea is tina bar tina tit. Shegovanoso mitit chomer kosel yashan. Somebody who's using pre-used mortar that is re-ground to try and make new cement. Kosher legovlo yosem mitit shel afachalosh. That's harder to make a recycling of it than one who is just taking fresh dirt to create this mortar. Amar Rabbi Avo, my time de Rabbi. Rabbi Avo says, what is the reasoning of Rabbi? Rashi de Amar, Timur Shalchama of that derives this idea of the rays of the sun spreading out. How does Rabbi derive that? To receive in accordance with the Pasuk in Tehillim, Lamaseach al Elasashachar. Just as this deer has antlers that branch out, so too the rising of the sun, the rays branch out. Amr Bezero, Loma Nimshla Esther, Layala. Why is Esther, this, part, this capital, is attributed also to something that Esther said? Why is she nimshal alayala? Esther is like Ayala, this deer, in a way that is similar to the relationship Esther had with Achashverosh, that she fit like a glove, to Achashverosh. Amar Rabbi Asi. Loma nimshala Esther l'shacha. Rabbi Asi says, why is Esther compared to the rays of dawn? Loma l'cha, ma shacha sokwala layla? To teach you just as the rays of dawn is the end of the night. Af Esther sokwala nisim. So to Esther is the conclusion of the miracles. Vaha ikachanaka. We have a subsequent miracle after Esther, which is in the interim between the destruction of the first temple and the rebuilding of the second temple. So in the middle of the second temple, you have Hanukkah, which is also miraculous. What we're discussing is miracles that were given over to be recorded in writing as part of Tanakh, and Hanukkah did not pass that bill. Hanukkah was a subsequent miracle, but it has no component in Tanakh. This goes well. And this idea, Esther, is symbolized by Shachar. According to the opinion that Megillus Esther was given over to be written. Let's see Rashi. This is a debate in Megillah. There's a debate of the status of Mikhail Esther. 
is it metamis the There's a takana that Kisve Kodesh should have a status of Tumah to give a rabbinic status of, of Tumah to the hands in order to ensure that it was not stored with Truma because there's a chash that the mice might come looking for the food, the Truma, and also nibble on the Kisve Kodesh. So to avoid that, if the Kisve Kodesh are metame asiyadayim, they will not be stored together. But Esther does not have that status according to one opinion. It's not a safer. So according to Mandomar, the Esther is a safer with the status of Nitnle Kosev to have the Kedushas Ksiva of Ksuvim, as Megillus Esther. So then it's very good that Esther is Nimshlala Shachar. That's the end of the Nisim that are given over to Ksiva. Elamanda Omar, Esther, Lonitnle Kosev, according to the opinion that Megillus Esther does not have that level. It's not. Kedusha Sefer, that's Matamas Yadayim, Ma Ikla Memar. So then, what is this comparison of Esther to Shachar? Mukim Lo Kerbid Minyam Bar Yefes, Amar Avilazar. Establish that the idea, this connection of Esther being like Shachar, is referring to the teaching of Rabbi Binyamin, the son of Yefes, in the name of Rabbi Lazar. Lama Nimshalut Filosan Shel Sadikim Kayeles. Why are the prayers of the righteous likened to this deer? So just as the aging deer has an increase in its antlers and it spreads out further, so to the righteous, all the while that they are increasing in their prayers, their prayers are heard. Ben uh, Yoda explains, that it's referring to Tfilas Nedava. That there's a Milot, the Tzadikim, their Tfilas Nedava is heard. Let's catch up on some Rashi's. Maitem de Rebbe, de Oma, Timo Shulchama, of Tzea. Ayozu lav davkanoket, share ein kanaim, benekevo. It's referring to a male deer, not a female deer. Lamanim shal Esther Kayelis. Mesechus Megillah, Amrinan de Esther, Amram Mizmerze. Esther is one who said this parak of Tehillim, Kivon Shegi when she came to approach the house of idolatry, so she lost she lost the divine presence. Amra Eli Eli Lamazatani, why have you God forsaken me? Mukim the drosha of what Shachar is doing is like Rabbi Binyamin. Binyamin bar Yefes. Loma nimshal tefiloson shel tzadikim. Dehai shachar loshen tefilo. Loshen tefilo hood. Shachar can be used as a description of prayer. Dorish le kemo ruchi bekirvi. Shachar echo. Lametzeach al tefilo. Shehi kayeles. Shokol zman shemegadeles kanea mafzilos. Bechol shan veshana. Nosef ba pitzol echon. Each year, the, the antlers of the deer continue to spread and grow and that's the the marshal of tzaddikim Loshan Tfilo the Marbim Tfilo the Tfilo's Nishmas Shochtu Es Hatamid going back to the Mishnah we had this issue in the continuity of the Mishnah we described what happened 
They shecht at the Talmud, but still the base of Sreifah, it was taken out. An error, it was not slaughtered. At the right time, it was too early, and it was needed to be burned, not brought as the offering of the daily morning offering. Then we can, we switch into Haridu Kohen Gadol Beis HaTfilah. The Kohen Gadol being brought to Beis HaTfilah for the immersion in the mikvah. Amos. Ilemo Bishayimos Hashanah. What are we discussing over here? If it's talking about the other days of the year, Losagia Dlav Kohen Gadol, what's the Pshat? You don't need a Kohen Gadol to, to do the Avoda. We only need a Kohen Gadol to do the Avoda of Yom Kippur. So why are we talking about the Kohen Gadol going to Mikvah? El Yom Kippur. Okay, so we're talking about Yom Kippur. Moralavana Mi'ika. Do you have this problem astronomically? Yom Kippur is the 10th day of the month. Do you have this problem that the moon could ever look like the sun before dawn? Now, we saw earlier that the Gemara is bothered by that kasha and says it was Yom HaMu'unan. But Yom HaMu'unan only helps us so much. Let's see, Rabbi Menchananel explains the kasha. If it would be on Yom Kippur, which is when the Kohen Gadol has to be doing the Avodah, you will not have the moon coming up on the eastern side close to the time of daybreak. Such an astronomical feature only comes up at the end of the month. At the time of Yom Kippur, which is the tenth day of the month, so the moon has already descended two hours before sunrise. So this is an, an impossibility, and we're stuck with Akasha. If you're talking about other days of the year, let's say the end of a month, why are we talking about Kohen Gadol? If you're talking about Yom Kippur, so you shouldn't have this problem. So how is this Mishnah to be understood? This is how it's to be read. On Yom Kippur, Ki Omar Bar Meaning, at the declaration, when, which was instituted because of the mistake that happened, whenever it happened, on Yom Kippur, when that declaration is made, Barak Barkai, that the sky has illuminated, at that point is when the Kohen Gadol is brought down to Tevila. That's the beginning of his preparation for Avodah Sayyom. It's not directly connected, Rashi explains. And the previous discussion, that when there was an error made and they had to take the shechitas, intended shechitas that was nifsal, because it was shechted too early, that's the end of its discussion. And the second part of the Mishnah, that the Kohen Gadol was brought down to the mikvah, is a separate, independent chilek of the Mishnah. We're coming back to the discussion of Avodos Yom Kippurim, the service on Yom Kippur. This is how it's to be read. One who is seeing the illumination of the sky says it has illuminated. That is the point at which they would take the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur to the mikvah to immerse in the morning. Tani avua 
Derby Avin. Lo zubavad omru el af mikas of kmitas minchabalailo tisarif. Not only this, but other things also, if it was done at night, would be burned, not just the shritas atomid, would be ma'akev, has to be by day, cannot be at night. Also malikas of the it's not a shrita, but the appropriate way to process the poultry, the tar and b'neyona of the mikdash through malika also had to be during the day, as well as kmitza of the mincha, the taking of the three fingerfuls of flour from the meal offerings. All these must be done during the day, and if it would be at night, it would need to be burned, like the shrita satamid. Let's see the Tosfos Ishanim. Tzeitze, the Beis HaSreifa. Mishnah says that the Shechitas HaTamid that was done too early is lost. It must be burned and not be brought as part of the service. Why do we have to come on to the problem that it's invalidated because it was shechted at night? Typically, Say a separate reason why it's possible. Say the reason why this offering is invalid is because it was slaughtered before the Tamid. Meaning, this was originally intended to be the Tamid, but it was brought too early, so it can't be the Tamid. And even if it wouldn't be a problem of being at the night, it's the wrong time zone for the Tamid, so by definition, what he slaughtered was not the Tamid, and the Tamid has to be first. So that's why it's invalid. Not necessarily because it's night, but because this offering is before the Tamid, and the Tamid has to be brought first. If a drasha, nothing can be brought before the Tamid of the morning. Maybe the requirement that Tamid be brought first is not referring to the Shechita. Maybe it's just referring to Haktara, to the bringing up of the limbs, of the, the sacrificial limbs that go on the altar from the Tamid. But the Shechita perhaps could be done earlier for another carbon. Inami, another Teretz, le mitzvah. It's not Ma'akiv, it's just a mitzvah. It's just an ideal. The, the proper way of doing the ordering of the service requires Tamid first. Anything that precedes the Tamid is less than ideal, but not possible. And why is this possible? Because the Shrita was Belayla. That there's a problem that was before the opening of the Heichal. And it says in the beginning of Erevin, the Shlomim, a peace offering that is slaughtered before the opening of the Heichal, is invalidated. So say that's what's the problem over here. They already opened the Psichas Heichal. So that's not necessarily why. We can isolate the problem of the Psul because it's night, that when the Shrita took place, or maybe there's a special problem that invalidates the Shlomim, that requires Psichas before the Shrita Shlomim. 
special din in a peace offering, but does not apply to an elevation or burnt offering, like the Tamid. Even though it says that even by Tamid, which is the Ola, not a Shlamin, that he only does the Shechita when he hears the sound of the great gate being opened. So we see it's not just a special requirement for Shlamin, it's also by the carbon Tamid itself, which is what we're discussing. Right? Nice terrace, standard terrace. Dirabana. That's only a rabbinic problem. But you don't need to have the psichas hashar. And the real reason why it's nisal, and it has to go to basis reifa, to be burnt, not used as, as any actual offering, is because it was shechted at night. Taking a look at the Rashba in Megillah Daf Chaf. It says, Chafam et Bez, Utfilas Musafin and Musafin. Kashali, he has a Kasha. Vaho ain Dava Kodoma Tomishel Shachar. We're not allowed to bring any offering before the Tomishel Shachar. Imkain, e Efshin Musafin. How could it be the Mishnah in Megillah that says, implies at least, that the Musaf can be brought all day? It can't. The Tamid has to come first. And that has to be by the day. So part of the day is missing from eligibility for Musaf. Why is it implied that Musaf has the entire day? Also, the Musaf is tied at the end bound. You have to have the Tomish Abayim at the end. So, Musaf is limited in how early it can be and how late it can be. And it's not kolayo. Vishloma says the Rashba Teretz the hechshe musafin kolayo. Really, mitzad musaf itself, it could be brought the entire day. Ela shadova echod me'akven. The the other there's a near shetzach lomer acher the mokum echod is what it says in the footnote. That something else is holding back the ability to bring the the carbon musaf. So when the Mishnah says it could be brought at any time of the day, as far as the musaf is concerned, at the, from the crack of dawn it could be brought, or until the end of the day. There's a side problem, not mitzad the musaf itself, but because of the ordering of karbanas, but it's, it's like a, a limit, if you will, that approaches zero. There's no absolute problem if you could just do the Tamid, Shachar and Shal Ben closer and closer to the beginning of the day or the end of the day, so the Musaf can creep up earlier and later. There really is no time restraint for the Musaf. It could be, technically, from the Tzad of Musaf, the entire day. The Od Yishlomar, another answer, says Rashba. 
Perhaps it really is kosher, even Lamaisa. If somebody daven Musaf before Shachris, perhaps it's not possible. Perhaps if they were Makriv, the carbon Musafin, before the Tamid, it's not Akiv. Like we saw in the Tosus one of his Mahalchim is that it's the Mitzvah. So it could be that it's not Akiv. And if it would be brought at the earliest point of the day or the latest point of the day, the, there's a lack of the ideal mitzvah being fulfilled, but it would be kosher.